Hello, and welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Lindsay Broker, and I'm here with my one co-host. I'm Joe Lalo. And Andrea timed her vacation perfectly so she would miss two podcasts. Exactly. I think she's only gone for a week, but it's like Thursday to Thursday. So that is okay. We're going to cover for her today, and we've got an awesome guest for you. I think you may be our first return guest. This is Damon Courtney from Book Funnel. Oh, nice. I have the distinction of being a return guest. You are. You're, you're that good. We had to have you again. And uh, Book Funnel now offers audiobook hosting, which is different than uh, last year when uh, Damon was on. Yeah. So we're going to be asking you about kind of selling direct, uh, doing audiobooks that way, and other ways we can kind of work out of this outside of the system with audiobooks, because it's, it's kind of tough to make piles of money, with, especially ACX is not giving out those giant royalties uh, on the it, audiobooks. It feels a bit more like a rig system on the audiobook side. I think that was a big part of why authors kept approaching us and saying, hey, when is Book Funnel going to do audiobooks? And, you know, everybody was pretty understanding. Audiobooks was a massive undertaking. It took us a year of development to really get everything right. Uh, and I think that, that, but people kept asking us and asking us for it. And we were like, man, why is it? Like, I mean, I get it. Audiobooks are blowing up. And my wife had, had turned into a complete audiobook first listener. But like, why do people keep asking us for it? And then you start looking at the royals rates. You go, oh, man, now I know why. Right. It's like, I actually looked at how much I make and I'm making more on eBooks, like 499 eBooks than right. for, you know, each sale than yeah. I do over at ACX. All right. And we're going to ask to a, a few questions about starting kind of off an author services business, since that's what you've been doing and kind of oh, yeah. how to keep things rolling over the years. I thought we might need to talk about a little bit more than audiobooks, So people can just skip around if they're not interested in that, but it seems like a lot of authors end up getting into like, be selling editing or, you know, software or starting a uh, ebook newsletter or something. So I thought they might be curious about that. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into that stuff, why don't you tell us what you and book funnel have been up to in the last year? Audiobooks. That's pretty much, I mean, that really is what we've been doing for almost the, the entire year. So as we, you know, as we hit, uh, the COVID stride and everybody was stuck at home. We were already kind of full on at, at work on audiobooks. We we actually released our our the Book Funnel app in January of 2020. So just before everything went downhill, and we were like, "Yay, we finally got the app out." We've been working on it for years at that point. I mean, just slowly, steadily plugging you know plugging pieces in and making it better. And we finally got it ready where we felt like it was ready to launch. It it actually had an audio player in it from the very beginning. Um, we just weren't accepting audiobooks yet. So we knew that that when we finally built audiobooks, which was going to be the next thing that we did, that having the app out there was going to be a huge piece of that. So we launched the app first um, back in January, and, and we launched it initially as just a way for readers to manage their book funnel library. So any book, any ebook, and now audiobook that a reader gets from book funnel, either through a direct sale or through a, a newsletter sign up, or even just a free short story, or like Lindsay, you, you use it for your Patreon. Every book that they claim through BookFunnel, go, we put a copy into a library and we keep a library for you so that you can come back. Because over the years, we'd have people email us and go, oh, I, I, I dropped this actually. I dropped my Kindle in the toilet 
And I lost all my book funnel books because they weren't backed up anywhere. Do you have them? And we were like, actually, we do. You have a library that you can go and fetch your books from and you can download whatever you want. So uh, that was a big part of why we built the app was so that people could manage their libraries through that. But we also built our own ebook reader into the app for a lot of for a lot of readers we get readers every single day some who have never ever read an ebook before like this they really they've gotten a free story or they've gotten a free novella from an author and it's the first time they've ever been introduced to the world of ebooks which is crazy to me because i'm in this indie publishing world where ebooks are king and paperbacks are sort of the afterthought right but we get readers like that every single day and so many of them just they would say, well, how do I read this? I'm like, well, do you, do you have a reading app? Uh, what is that? And then they didn't. So we just said, oh, well, you can actually just read in our app. It's a great ebook reader and it'll, it'll get you in and out really quickly. We also have, um, at, the, at the same time that we built the app, we built everything in the cloud as well. So you actually have a cloud library. You can go to mybookfunnel.com. You can log in with your email address and there's your library. And we built a cloud ebook reader. So you could actually read directly from your browser anywhere in the world on any device any device you can think of. I mean, we support devices that are over a decade old at this point. <clears throat> so when we build audiobooks, all of that just stacked on top of all the work that we'd already done. But that's really been the, the last year has been audiobooks. And then also just once we put that app out and then we were all stuck at home with COVID, not with COVID, but stuck at home as a result of COVID, uh, we just kept working on making the app better, making the reader better, and then and then just generally making all of the reader experience better across BookFunnel. I have to say that I appreciate that you guys started in the library where people could re-download the same book because I've now been doing selling books long enough that uh, in the beginning, like at 2012, I sold, this was my one direct selling and it was me emailing them. They paid me on PayPal. I emailed, emailed them the book because uh, that's how we rolled in 2012. And I just a couple weeks ago got an email, a reply to that 2012 email. She'd like, lost it, you know, and she's just all like mad. Like, I thought I didn't have to buy this again. <laughs> you know, I lost this book. <laughs> was because Dropbox had expired the link after nine oh, right. years. I mean, who knew? <laughs> what a bunch <laughs> of losers. So I like Drop sent it. Dropbox won't keep it for that long. I sent it back to her, of course, but I'm just, there's so many people I've learned now with like about three years with Patreon, just kind of doing it direct that way that people don't back up their stuff. Yeah. And like, if you really want to sell direct, and you actually have, I mean, if you only have like selling a hundred or 200 books, it doesn't matter. But if you actually were like selling thousands, you're going to get a lot of people that have not backed up their stuff or lost them. So it's definitely good to have basically the same as Amazon, you know, they can go yeah. and re-deliver re it to their advice. So well, that's advice. what we found over the years was that people, you know, most readers coming to us, the, the majority of them are Amazon readers and they have an expectation of how things are supposed to work. And when they don't work like they work on Amazon or they don't have the same features that they've come to expect, then they, they get ordering. Right. And so we wanted to be able to tell people, Oh, you lost your books. I'm so sorry that happened. No worries. All of your book funnel books are right here. You can go get, any that you want. You can re-download them. You can put them on your device. You can read them right there in the cloud. We have, um, I think I checked it the other day. We have 10, I think we have over, I think we have five or 6,000 people every day that read a book in our cloud reader, meaning from their browser, they don't, they don't have an app. 
They don't have a reading app. They just do it all from within their browser. And that's because it's really easy. They can. It doesn't take any storage on their device. They don't have to install any extra apps. It works on iPads, Kindle Fires, Androids, everything. So yeah, we, we and I, the reason I say that is because the Kindle Cloud Reader doesn't even work that well anymore. Amazon sort of, they still have it, but they've just slowly sort of been letting it die over the years because they have they don't continue to support it or add new features or do anything with it. And so it's just been slowly dying. Whereas we we put a lot of effort into making ours really, really good. But yeah, anywhere that your experience is not is not as smooth as Amazon's, people are going to be complain. And you know, over the years we would do the same thing. We would get emails, somebody would reply to that email and say, Hey, I lost this book. And we would, you know, send them another copy, assuming that the author was they, the book was still available on Book Funnel. But over the years, we're like, man, we need to give people a library. They need to be able to come back and get the books that they've already gotten from us. Uh, as far as the audiobooks, I think you guys just added this too. Um, I noticed when I went to upload one today that not, they don't have to, like, I think in the beginning, you guys are still just coming out of the beta. I think I just saw your email, um, that people had to listen to it in the app, mm-hmm. or at least they thought they did. And, but now I saw the little checkbox that they could download the MP3s. So I checked that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will work for people because I definitely had people when I switched to the book, book funnel app on Patreon were like, um, can I still get the Dropbox link? I just want right. the MP3 files. So and that's, appreciate that. That's, that's what a lot of readers wanted. And, and that's what authors were asking us for. So the, the email that you're talking, we, we launched the, the, the reader, I'm sorry, the listener at the player app in November, which was the app that we already had out there, but we pushed an update that that created, that allowed full-blown audiobooks to play. And then we told everybody that's here's the 1.0, we're still working on adding new features. And then in February, we added the MP3 downloads so that if an author wants to turn that on, their readers can download DRM-free MP3s and they can keep them forever, which is actually, I know that a lot of authors worry about piracy, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't necessarily worry about piracy, but the authors that we have, like Joanna Penn, who are using audiobooks to delivery through us, they enable those MP3s as a feature. You can't get that if you buy the book from me on Audible. You don't get the MP3s that you can then just slap onto your little your little arm, you know, and go for a jog with your MP3 player. You don't get that with Audible. But if you buy them direct from me, you can have the DRM-free MP3s and you can take them anywhere you want. So we did that in February. And then in March, we also added a, a browser-based cloud player. So now you can just open up mybookfunnel.com, tap on any audiobook, and you can listen to it right there in your browser. And that works I mean, that works on Android going back 13 years. Like we, we really make, we really try hard to support every old, as far back as we can possibly go with our apps and our players. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that things were like COVID probably changed things. Like I know you could, none of us could go to any conferences last year and I know you're a big conference guy. Uh, did it affect your business at all? Or like, I know when it first came out, we took a big hit on podcast downloads and I think audiobook sales too. And I was like, Oh man, nobody's commuting. Nobody's going to listen to us at all. But fortunately it bounced back. Um, I think for us, it's probably been pretty steady. We actually probably grew even a little bit more. I think more, um, I think maybe more people took the plunge, people that were considering becoming self-published or had maybe self-published a book or two as sort of a hobby. And now they either were laid off or they're working from home now. And they're thinking, you know what, maybe I'm going to give, maybe I'm going to put a little more effort and energy into my author career. I really want to make that happen. And so we actually saw a pretty good uptick. 
Um, I, I always tell people that I don't really go to conferences to, to get new signups. Most of the time when I go to a conference, you know, I get up and I give a talk and I'll say, how many people in here have a book funnel account? And 98% of the, the room raises their hand. So they're, they're all, they already have one. They're just here to hear me talk about all the kind of cool stuff they don't even know they can do with their book funnel account. People don't know that we integrate with Patreon and they can use that to, as a way to create subscription services with readers and stuff like that. Um, so I do miss kind of going to the conferences because I miss hanging out with writers, uh, even though I, I haven't published a book in, in quite, a, some, uh, quite a few years now at this point. Um, I love hanging out with writers. I love hanging out with smart people that have great ideas and it's always fun. And that's been, that's been a little harder sitting at home in my little home office and, and kind of, I try to make a, a point to, to call my author friends every once in a while and just kind of get on the phone and catch up a little bit. But yeah, as far as book funnels business, we've been growing like crazy. So I think that the, I, I, I don't know why, right? People don't email us and tell us that why they signed up. But my thinking is that more people decided that they were going to take a, take a little bit of effort, try to put a little bit greater effort into that author career they've been dreaming about. Sure, you're stuck at home. You're not commuting. Possibly you're not employed. You got a little more time on your hands. Right. Um, so we wanted to ask a couple of the author business questions. We are going to ask more in the second half about like how exactly people can go about selling direct if they're interested sure. in that. But to remind folks, I don't remember if we even asked you this before, but like, what made you decide to start Book Funnel and? You know, do you have any, like, was it super hard or, like, you know, I know you did a lot of the coding yourself by hand. Do you have any suggestions for people who are thinking, gosh, maybe I could bring in a little extra income by doing stuff for authors? Um, so I built everything myself, like it, it, everything book funnel up, up until a year ago when we hired, we actually hired our first engineer, um, our, our first second engineer, um, every single line of code was written by me. So for, for almost five years straight, everything in book funnel was developed just by me. Now we, we hired support people, um, after about the first year. So, uh, when we first launched, I'll tell you the, the, so the funniest thing is, you know, you hear the, you've heard the phrase before, no plan survives contact with the enemy. And that is a, that's a perfect depiction of what happened when, um, I built, I spent seven or eight months building book funnel to, to what I thought was just awesome. Like, man, I'm going to put this out there. Readers are going to get their books so quickly and easily. We're not even going to have any support. It's going to be great. Uh, that did not work. Uh, we put it out into the world, and we actually had a couple of, of really big authors right up front who had this problem. They were they were actually building their mailing list, and they were doing a, a pretty bang-up job of it. So they were getting hundreds and hundreds of signups every day. And of those hundreds and hundreds of signups, they were getting a lot of people saying, well, thanks for the book, but now how do I get it on my Kindle? And they were doing all the support for that. So very quickly, they, they realized what we were trying to build. And so they said, well, I'll beta test that. Um, and then it, it was probably the first few weeks or so that I realized, ah, that great idea, the idea was good. The execution was not as good as it could have been. And so I, I very quickly, rapidly started iterating, talking with readers, asking them for feedback and, and trying to understand, you know, how did you, where did you get confused? Where did I lose you in the process? And we were able to, to just keep working on those. So I would say that, that you know, building an building this business was very, very much like when I started writing my books and, and self-publishing was you don't know anything. 
So you're sort of, you're starting with an idea. I have an idea and people are going to love it and they're going to pay me for it. And so you start building it and you start working on it and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm in the case of being an author, it was, I have this great story to tell and I think it's a great story that people are going to want to read. In the case of a business, it's, I think I can build something or I think I can offer something that people will value. And so you, you start building out this thing and uh, the problems that we ran into early on were just that we just didn't know what we were doing. And I think that's, you know, I think that's everybody. One of my, my, my best friend is also an entrepreneur. And he said that, you know, he, he told me the joke really early on that being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and building the airplane on the way down. And that's really kind of what it felt like sometimes. It was terrifying at times, uh, particularly when I lost my job. Uh, I, the, while, through the, the majority of while I was building Book Funnel, um, I, I had a steady job. I, I, I always had a pretty decent career in, in computer software design. And um, we were we were a little ways into this book funnel journey when I lost my job. And then, then things got really scary because now this thing that I always wanted it to be my job and I was super excited that one day was going to be my job uh, suddenly became my job a little bit quicker than I had anticipated. Um, but as it worked out, we had built up enough and people had, the word had gotten out that we had enough users that we were okay as we continued to grow. We, I say we, my, my wife, Julie and I, Julie runs the company with me. Um, so we were able to to start from a really good footing. And so I tell authors the same thing. I, we get that question sometimes, when should I quit? You know, when should I start trying to work full time? And it's, it's, it's a different answer for everybody. It's when you're comfortable. And for some people, that's going to, some people are just ready to jump off that cliff and other people, they want to, you know, they want to build that half the airplane before they leap off. You know, it's funny. Uh, like you talk about authors getting emails, asking how to put stuff on like, uh, like Lindsay, I have been in this business long enough that book funnel didn't exist. And I was giving away books and it, I was in there long enough that I would direct people to the smash words, frequently asked questions. That was my <laughs> customer. That was my author support was like, here's, they'll tell you how to get anything on anything. And hopefully that'll get it out, you know, for you. But, uh, so you sort of were talking about this, but I, you know, maybe drill a little bit deeper. When we talk on this show, we're usually talking about taking your business to the next level as an author. But books feel a little special because you can set up being an author as passive income. Before you want to make it your actual job, you can just sort of set it up as a thing that you send off into the world to take care of itself. And that means that you can sort of baby step your way into making it your main gig and slowly building sales and having a backlist. And uh, it, that allows you to make an informed decision about when you can step off the, the, the daily grind and, and have writing support you. Like, how would you contrast that to like, you talked about how like book funnel, uh, sort of followed a path. How would you sort of contrast that uh, against an author career? Um, I think because you, as an author, you are, you're writing, you know, your, your primary goal, at least initially is to write more books and get more product, more books out into the world. And, um, you, as an indie author, you really get to decide your level of participation with the world. So if you just want to write great books and you keep publishing them under a pen name and no one ever actually knows your identity, you don't show up at conferences, you don't have a newsletter, you don't have a Facebook group but man, people sure love your books. You really can just sort of throw books out there and, and 
not have to participate in all the rest of the stuff. And then you're you're basically just you you the money and the business that you're growing is only limited by your ability to put books out there or or your how fast you want to put books out there. Like you say, sometimes when you start a business, you are not ready for how quickly something is going to grow. Um, I will say that when we launched, we actually grew at a, a really good pace and that was okay. It some days it made me nervous. You know, the first day that we had uh, on an average day, this was, I think we were, we launched in October and this was in December of 2015. Um, we, we were averaging about one to 2000 books a day, right? So one, a couple thousand books a day. And we woke up, uh, my wife and I had actually taken the kids and we'd gone to a, a hotel down in Galveston Island just for a little beach vacation for, for an overnight stay. And uh, I woke up that morning and I went to check just to see what, you know, what was going on with Book Funnel. Because at that point we checked every single day, every morning, first thing you get up. Uh, and that morning as I woke up, we'd had over 10,000 downloads already. So I started freaking out like, oh, oh God, what's happening? Um, and it was a, an author who had decided to give away a free novel to a whole full standalone novel to everybody on her newsletter. Um, and the, the, the downloads, and then of course, the subsequent requests for help for the people, the percentage of people that needed help to get those books started pouring in. Uh, that was a, that was a little bit of a heart wrenching moment of like, Oh God, what, what have I done? Um, you know, within the first, uh, I, for the first six or eight months of book funnel, I was able to do everything. I was able to answer the help requests. We were doing a few thousand downloads. Um, but eventually I, I couldn't, I didn't have, I was still working a full-time job, understand. And at the time I couldn't work my full-time job and build new features of book funnel and answer all the emails. Well, of those three things, Julie could do one of them. So she came in and she sat down one day and she goes, okay. Tell me how to help these people. Show me how to help these people. I'll start answering the emails. So she picked that up and, and started doing that. And, and that was able to give me some of my time back so that I could keep developing the new features. So we grew, you know, slowly enough that it wasn't truly terrifying every day. But, but there were days, there were some days when it really felt like, oh, God, we've bitten off way more than we can chew here. Um, and so it's, you know, it's what they call a good problem to have. Like having a lot of people signing up is a good problem to have, but it also can just be a little scary sometimes. But I think that's all entrepreneurship, right? You're, you're always, there are always those moments when you're just not sure how this is going to turn out. Yeah, that's another thing that I just did not think about at all is, again, if you're an indie author, there's a gigantic uh, infrastructure built up to serve your books to people. That infrastructure includes BookFunnel. Uh, right. So if something scales, you know, if, if something happens that needs you to scale up from 100 books to 10,000 books a day, it happens automatically without you thinking. But if you're running the actual service that's doing that for somebody, suddenly scaling is your that. concern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, since Andrea's not here, Andrea does have questions. We're going to ask her questions for her. All right, but you so, have to do it in Andrea's voice. I'm not going to do Andrea's voice. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, Andrea asks, what advice do you have for authors who want to start a service for other authors? Ooh, that's a good one. I would, um, I would probably say start slow and um, don't be afraid. This, we, we get this... Um, 
we get this thing a lot. We talk about in software development. Um, I, I follow, you know, I follow everything indie publishing and self-publishing, but I also follow a lot of software development and um, engineers and people like that. And and one of the phrases that they that you hear a lot when you're starting out, when you're first starting out with a small business, and and don't a, a starting to write books and publish as a self-publisher is absolutely starting your own business. Um, it doesn't feel like it because it feels like an artistic pursuit. So you're writing books. You're not, you know, you're not selling hot dogs at a, at a corner stand. You're, you're writing books. You're making art. But ultimately, if you hope to make money from that art, um, you are starting a business. And one of the things that, that I hear a lot in software is when you're a really small starting business, don't be afraid to do things that don't scale. Um, the, you know, when you think about something like maybe the size of Facebook, right? They, billions of people around the world connect to Facebook servers every single day. And that's massive, so massive that even my engineering brain can't cope with how they could possibly make something like that work. Um, but in the beginning, when you're starting out and you're really small, the things that don't scale are the hard parts that other people don't want to do. And so if you're looking at starting an author business, if you're, especially, it, we see this a lot, you know, self-published authors, you, you get really good at it, right? So uh, maybe you started off and you were, you were designing your own covers, but man, you're a really good cover designer. And suddenly people are saying, hey, will you do my covers? And, and now you're thinking, well, I can get into that business. The first thing I would say is, can you imagine doing that as a job? Um, that, that you actually want to do and then look for the, the hard problems. And there are, there are lots of things that, that, in, that self-publishers and indie authors are out there doing that people just don't want to do. And so if you can find a way to solve that problem, then do that. And I would say, try to grow slowly. Uh, the worst thing that you can do is over-promise and under, under-deliver. Um, you, you, you know, you say, oh, I'm going to do covers. And so you say, hey, I'm taking cover commissions. And, and everybody starts hitting you up and go, oh, I'll take, I'll get a cover. I'll take a cover. I'll take a cover. And suddenly you're, you realize that you've got six months worth of work that you've told people you'll deliver next week because you were being nice and you were like, oh, I can definitely get that cover done next week. But then, you start actually getting into it and you realize that you can. And that's the worst because those indie authors, they were, they were waiting on that book cover. They can't publish until you give them that cover. Um, they can't publish until you're done with their edits or their proofread or their copy edit or whatever it is that the business that you've decided to get into. So it is for book funnel and for uh, even as an indie author, for me, it was better to grow slowly and say no to, in the case of Book Funnel, say no to features that that's a really cool idea. Audiobooks. We got a request to do audiobooks the week after we opened our doors. And I'm like, guys, we just dropped ebooks. We've only been here a week. But that was how quickly people were like, well, this is awesome. When can you do audiobooks? Direct sales. We got the very next day after we opened our doors. Well, how can I sell direct and Book Funnel deliver it? I haven't even built that yet. So, but I would rather say no and grow slowly, knowing that every time we built something, it was stable and it was supportable. So we didn't launch audiobooks until we knew that we had the infrastructure, we had the support people, and we had the staff so that when readers started coming to us and asking about how they do their audiobooks and all the things that come along with it, we had to make sure that all of that infrastructure was in place to support all of that so that nobody gets a disappointing experience. And that's what you don't want. And any business, you don't want anyone to get a disappointing experience. Seems like that if you have success right off, it's almost as bad as if you launched your crickets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either way, you're like, how do I fix this problem? Yes. Yeah. 
Now, do you find that your, I mean, yours was basically scalable. You, you have all these features you wanted to add, but you could accommodate lots of authors, lots of people downloading because a lot of it is automated. At least I assume from, from my back end. I don't know how much, uh, you end up having to do with like the customer service helping people. Um, do you, I know you, this has become your full time thing and you don't have much time for writing anymore. And I see a lot of authors too that get into cover design or editing yeah. and suddenly, that can become their full-time thing and they don't have time for writing anymore. Do you have any regrets or any things that you wish you had done that could have been different or, you know, to like preserve still having time for that first hobby or dream? I, I do a little bit because I really love writing books. I really love the idea that I could just make a story. And I will say that uh, the best thing about, being an Indian, I mean, you guys can attest to this. You guys have been doing this for a long time. I mean, I was, I was watching your podcast back in the day when I was still learning and trying to learn how to market science fiction and fantasy. Uh, and it's that you, um, an author can put a series of books out. It was just for in fantasy. We love trilogies, right? So they, they, the traditional publishers love to put out a good trilogy. So you can publish a trilogy and, and you can be done. Like you can put that trilogy out there and you can say, that's a great series of books. That's a great story. And I'm done. Uh, I'm done with that. I'm going to go tell a different story now. I'm going to release a new series or I'm just going to stop publishing for a while. Now, your sales will flag and eventually, you know, nobody's going to buy your books anymore. So you, you, you do have to eventually put a little effort into that backlist. Um, but it's always there waiting for you when you decide to come back around to it. Um, that's not the case when you're starting an author business or you're starting any other kind of business. You have to wake up every day ready to do more work. And in the case of software, people think that if you're not building new stuff that you're dead. Uh, that you must be, you know, you must not be doing anything. Meanwhile, at some point, you know, you as a developer, you want to be able to just say, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing anything because I'm kind of done. I, I solved the problems. The service runs great. It does everything everybody wants it to do. I just don't have any other problems to solve. Now, I haven't hit that point yet. Um, I, I may someday hit that point, but I still get up every day and have great problems to solve. And that excites me. That's what's always excited me about being a developer. But I felt that same way about being an indie author. And uh, Julie and I have actually talked about it, sort of like, well, what if, you know, what if we, what if we retired in 10 years? Or what if somebody bought BookFunnel? What would I do with my time? And I said, I would go back to writing. Only, you know, hopefully if I sold BookFunnel, I would have enough money that I would say, I write because I just want to write cool books and I want to put stories out there. Um, but, you know, I'm, anybody who tells you is like, well, I just wanted to write the book for me. I don't really care if anyone reads it. They're lying. They're lying. You're lying liars. You absolutely want people to read it. Maybe if you're really fortunate, you're not looking to make a pile of money on it, but you absolutely want people to read it. So I, I, I do have, I wouldn't say it's regrets. I, I love what I do. I love building software and solving problems. Um, but I did, I, I still, you know, up here, I still got stories that are churning around and I still take notes all the time. So one day I'm like, you know what? I need to sit down and I need to write another book. I'm going to get back to that. And I will. I, I know that I will. You'll have to take uh, writing vacations, writing retreats, like the normal nine to five people that are trying to work a book in there too. Right. 
So I'm curious. I, I think I heard you say before that when you started BookFunnel, like you really saw the need. You were like, really? You're just emailing people books? You don't have a delivery system? If you were starting today and, you know, now that there's maybe some competitors out there, or if you were like not BookFunnel and you saw BookFunnel was already there, would you start that business or would you like try to find some other new problem that needed to be solved? Um. I don't, I, I mean, in general, I, the reason I started BookFunnel was because I saw a problem that no one was solving. Um, I'm a big, big fan of, of what they, of not reinventing the wheel, right? And that, that happens a lot in software companies where you basically spend nine months developing something only to realize that another guy did it and you could have just like licensed his thing or it was open source and you could have done it for free. So I'm a big fan of, of not doing that. I think if, if I looked around and people were doing it today, if I should say, step that back. If I looked around and I saw that people were doing it today and they were doing it well, I would say, oh, that problem's been solved. And as an indie author, I would just sign up for their service and start using it. Um, the only time it ever really comes up is when the when I see someone that, uh, when I see a problem that uh, that people say is solved and it hasn't been solved as well as I think it should have been solved. And that's when my engineering brain can't let go of it. And, and that that really was the genesis of BookFunnel. Everybody back in the day, you know, you had people who would say, man, this, you know, this emailing Moby files is for the birds. It's, I get emails from readers. I got to deal with complaints. It's just a big pain in the ass. And um, I think that I looked at that and said, yeah, I don't, I don't think people would figure that out so well. I, I think I could do that better. And so that was what I set out to do was just, I looked at what everybody else was doing. I did, I downloaded, I joined uh, Joe Conrath's newsletter. I joined um, uh, Hugh Howey's newsletter. I, I joined Mark Dawson's, like every, Joanna Penn's, all the big gurus. I joined all their newsletters and all of them basically said, here's a Moby and an EPUB file. Hugh Howey was nice enough to give me a PDF that told me how to get it on my iPad. But like, that was really... That was really it. And I thought, ah, I, can, I think I could do that better. Like, I, I wasn't sure. I, I actually took, I had my Kindle and I had my iPhone and I played around with both of them. And I was like, okay, well, I, I figured out a way to get it to the Kindle pretty easily. And I figured I can get it to the iPhone. Well, that's, I mean, you know, iOS and Kindle devices, that's, that's a huge portion of the American audience right there. I really just need to test these Kobos and Android phones and tablets and other stuff. And yeah, I think I can make this work. So I think if I were doing it today, though, I would look around for a problem that hadn't been solved yet that I thought I could do a good job of. All right. So uh, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but promoting books isn't simple, but there's now an entire ecosystem that's been built up over the last decade or so to facilitate promoting uh, books. How does one get the word out about a service business like yours? Ooh, I wish I had a good advice, good advice for you. Everything BookFunnel has done has all been word of mouth. Uh, we've, we've never done advertising. We've never done marketing. We're just, I'm not very good at it. Um, and you know, uh, I, I'm really good at building cool stuff. So that's, that's what I do. And I, I really think, I don't know that that's the solution for everybody, but that has been the thing for us that has been the killer feature is we, we listen to our authors when they tell us, when we get a bunch of authors that are all trying to do something that we think is really cool, we say, hey, 
we can build something that will make that work. We, we can make that. We can build that. And then we go off and build it. And then we say, hey, look, guys, we built that thing you were all you guys were all talking about. And then really just every time we would build something new, that would get us talked about. What the, the authors who the authors who were really excited about that would go in their Facebook groups and go in their chats and they would talk about, hey, did you guys see the book funnel did this thing? And then invariably somebody would be like, that's great. What's book funnel? And then those people would be the ones that end up signing up with us. So I, I, I wish I had better advice for you other than do cool things and solve problems that people need solved. And that can be as an individual author, if it is that you're making really great covers. Um, I know there was a guy that I saw a, a few years ago that we actually hired to do covers for the sci-fi series that I was working on. And he literally just said, I do sci-fi covers. I do, I do covers with lasers and space battles. Uh, because that's all he really wanted to draw. He didn't want to draw dragons and elves and wizards, and he didn't want to draw, um, you know, babes in leather, you know, in, in street, you know, dark street, dark alleys. He liked drawing spaceships, and he liked drawing lasers and cool spaceship battles, and he was really, really good at it. So he put himself out there and said, I am a cover artist, and I only do covers with spaceships and planets and laser battles. But people immediately took him up on that because they're all the sci a lot of the sci-fi authors, that's exactly what they were looking for. And so he had this particular skill. I'm really good at drawing spaceships. And he was. Like we 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 sent him descriptions of what the the alien bad guy spaceships, you know, the alien races and what their spaceships look like. And he sent us back renderings. We're like, holy crap, that looks really terrifying. That's awesome. Um, and he was able to do that because that's what he was really good at. So he solved it's almost a niche problem, right? You know, it, 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 and he's putting himself into a smaller market. If you're not saying I'll do book covers for everybody, you're only saying I do book covers with lasers and space battles, then you're, you're narrowing yourself down to a particular market. But that doesn't mean that that market's not big enough to support you and make a living. Oh, that's an interesting point to like really dominate a niche and become the go-to person in that niche. And then, then you don't have to draw people, which are, I think, much harder to draw than spaceships. I'm right. super impressed when somebody illustrates people really well. Love the spaceships too. Um, so my next question is actually Andrea's question. And I, I probably can do it in her voice because apparently, oh, apparently listeners can't tell us apart. <laughs> uh, you get two women, they're just the same. So she asked, or I asked, I don't know, what are the risks risks for a service-oriented business when it comes to growing too slowly or too quickly, and how should a business owner op approach those risks? Um, I, we touched on this a little bit. I, I would fall, if I had to pick, I would fall on the side of growing too slowly because I never, uh, I mean, growing too quickly is, it can be a really great problem, but it is a problem. Um, that you have to deal with. You know, like I said, when we started off, we were doing a thousand, two thousand books a day. Then suddenly we wake up one morning and it was 10 and 20,000. And, you know, now it, it, I couldn't manage something like that myself. The, the, the way, I mean, Book Funnel does 80 to 100,000 books every single day. Um, and that's not counting, that's people actually downloading files. That's not counting people that are reading in our apps, that are reading in our cloud reader, that are playing audio through our cloud or playing audio through our app. That's literally just people who download files from us every single day. Um, that is, it's manageable because we have really smart people, but I will tell you that all the people that we've hired, it 
it took on average three to six months to train each of those people in all the things that BookFunnel does so that they could effectively help readers and help authors in some cases, depending on what, whether we hired them as a reader support or an author or both. Um, it, it took a lot of time, which means that um, we know that when things start to grow, if we're looking at hiring another person, that if we hired them today, we're six months away from maybe being able to turn them loose on their own to, to help people and, and do the job that we expect them to do ultimately. So growing fast to me is, is a harder problem to solve. The reason I like growing slower is because you'll never disappoint people. Uh, if you're moving along slowly enough that you're always taking care of your clients' needs and you're always looking after um, the people that are paying you and the, the people that are keeping you around, um, you won't ever get distracted by all the new people coming in and you have time enough to take care of all the people that have been with you all the way. And so I, I we've grown, BookFunnel has grown massively in five years, but we've grown slowly enough that I never, ever felt like we were letting anybody down on the level of support that we offer on the service that we provide and, and the tools that we build for authors. Uh, that's good advice too for any authors like that are thinking of taking on a VA or somebody to help out. Cause it, there's always the question like, well, I'm going to have to teach them how to do everything I want them to do for months. Is this actually worth it? Uh, but I, obviously in your case, you had to <laughs> expand and take on new people. I think with authors, it's a little more of a question about, do I really need to, uh, have somebody do my email, you know, or right. can I continue to do that myself? Um, so do you have any advice? I guess, I guess you've already answered this. So. I'm just going to swing us into sort of the selling direct and how we can kind of best use your new offering for audiobooks. And I guess I'll pass it to Joe since he's got the first question. All right. Um, so can you talk uh, about what precisely you're offering with audiobook? Like now that you can provide audiobooks, like what, what are your offerings there and are there any limitations? Uh, so authors can upload their audiobooks directly through BookFunnel. Uh, right now, we're still in open beta. So if you don't, if you have a BookFunnel account and you want to do audiobooks, you can email us and we can add audiobooks. We can add the feature to your account. Um, the reason that we're in open beta is we're still building it and we're still adding new features and we weren't quite ready to really start charging anybody for it. it it's it's audiobooks is going to be an add-on feature to your existing account, which is great. A lot of authors, a lot of the authors that sign up with BookFunnel every day are new authors and they're just starting off in their career. They have a couple of books out or they're just getting ready to publish their first book. They're not quite ready for audiobooks yet. And that's great. It's, you should approach audiobooks with a little bit of caution. It's, it's a fantastic market and it's blowing up like crazy, but it's also not cheap to make an audiobook. Um, and, and it's one of those where unlike where self-publishing was like, dude, you could just write your own book. You put a spit it out of Scrivener and you just go publish it and it'll be amazing. Um, I highly recommend that unless you're a voice, a trained voice actor, you don't narrate your own book. Um, if you're good, if you have a good voice and you can pull it off, Hey, why not? But you need to, it needs to be professional quality. So, um, you can upload your audiobooks through BookFunnel, and then, um, really everything you can do with BookFunnel as an ebook, you can now do with audiobooks. So you can put them up. Uh, as a newsletter, reader magnet, 
Um, we have authors that are already doing that, that, that are giving out audiobooks as a reader magnet. Um, you can uh, put them out for direct sale, obviously. You can sell box sets of them. Um, you don't even have to build a box set. You can actually upload each audiobook individually and sell them as a box set on your website. And BookFunnel will deliver all of them individually. So you can actually create a product on your website or in your store that sells the eight book series as one item, but BookFunnel will deliver all eight audiobooks separately so that you don't have to remaster them or try to mash them all together into one big thing. You can actually sell them as separate products. Um, you can sell ebook an ebook audiobook bundle together. You can actually bundle them together and sell them as a single item. Um, you can also do, you know, we have a feature called print codes where you can print out unique individual codes so that you can put them on postcards or business cards or bookmarks or wherever you want to use them. Um, and you can give people those codes and they can go get a copy of their book. And now they can do the same thing with audiobooks. Really everything that we built for eBooks, uh, certified mail, which is our, our advanced review copy service. Um, you, we have authors that are already sending out advanced review copies of their audiobooks. So really everything. There, there are no limitations to where you can deliver those audiobooks. All right. Now we talked earlier about how uh, you know there's a lot of different ways to read an audio uh, read an ebook that is like probably between um you know, iDevices and Kindle, that's a gigantic uh, share, but there's still a dozen different, you know, major ebook readers out there and then a bunch of different programs that you can use. What's this, the ecosystem like for, for audiobooks? Like, have you had to solve a lot of problems or are there only a handful of ways that people consume these things? Uh, I would say, you know, most people probably consume them with a single app. Audible listeners are listening in the Audible app. Uh, Scribd actually has a subscription service for audiobooks, and they're a big player in the market. Um, I will say the it was harder for us because we basically had to build everything up from scratch. There, We had to build into our app the ability to play audiobooks, and we had to give readers my my goal when I set out to build, when we set out to build it was that it had to be as good or better than Audible. Uh, it, it had to be that if, if you, the author, actually went through the effort of getting the traffic, driving people to your website, and you convince them to buy a book, and they're buying it direct from you, that's that's a hard pitch for, for some readers. So if you've done that work, by the time they get delivered the audiobook, I didn't want them to have any reason at all to say, this is inferior to what I'm used to. So we built in everything that we could, and we have very picky people on our staff who listen to audiobooks, who beta tested the, the crap out of it to make sure that it worked just as well and it was just as strong. And then we went further. We said, okay, you know, um, I think the re one of the reasons it was easier was that people are far more married to their ebook readers than they are their audiobook app, right? There really aren't any... Um, there aren't any audiobook devices, right? Amazon doesn't sell an Audible player. Like you just you just go get the Audible app. Everybody's got a smartphone now, um, so you just go do that, or you can listen on your your computer or whatever. And so we haven't found that any of the readers have get readers love the the BookFunnel app. And up until February, that was really the only thing that we had for people to listen. So they could they could download our app on their iPhone, on their Android, even on their Kindle Fire, and they could listen to the audiobooks there. Then, like I said, back in, in, in a few weeks ago, about three or four weeks ago, we launched MP3 downloads and the authors that have turned that on and basically said, hey, look, 
you can download these MP3s and you can listen to them anywhere you want. You bought the book. It's your copy. You can take it anywhere you want. Uh, readers loved it. Um, and the authors who were asking us for it immediately turned it on and they were super excited about that. Um, then when we launched the cloud player, that really was just, oh, if you want to listen on your PC, are you sitting at home on your Mac and you're working from your Mac, your laptop? Hey, no worries. You can listen right here in the browser. And our browser-based player works it just like every audiobook player out there. You can change the playback speed on it. You can swap through the chapters. You can skip ahead. You can skip back. You can move through chapters. You can do all of it, right? So we wanted to make sure that the experience was as solid as, as what people were used to. And I think we nailed it because we really haven't gotten any support from readers who are unhappy with how they are listening to the audiobooks. And we're now you know, the, the bait has been open for a few months and we only have uh, a few hundred authors that have started uploading their books, but a lot of them have, have uploaded their entire catalogs of books and are now setting up their, their audiobook store, um, especially, you know, the whole Audible gate thing, which I'm sure you guys have talked about, at least in passing, it has been, has probably pushed people in our direction. Uh, we couldn't have timed the launch with, uh, you know, everybody suddenly waking up and going, Audible screwing us. But, you know, when suddenly everybody did wake up, there was somebody in that thread who would go, I heard Book Funnel's doing audiobooks now, right? And so people started showing up and knocking on our door and saying, hey, I, I heard you guys have audiobooks. Yes, we do. It's funny, like we were talking about the, the, the promo thing and how it's not tech, it's not terribly easy to promote this sort of thing, but it does help that because you say, you know, you, you've, you solved a problem. Like when people ask me how to get started doing anything with book promotion, I the first two things I mention are, are book funnel and books to read. And it's like when you're in the top two of things you need as an indie author, uh, and then, you know, so you, you become the viable alternative to what was, pretty nearly like three years ago, four years ago, Audible was basically, ACX was basically the only thing in the game when it came to people wanting to make their own audiobooks. And yeah. now suddenly, you know, you come along, like, like you're fortunate in that you are a problem solver for problems that absolutely needed solving. But, and we, uh, seem to, we seem to have gotten pretty good at solving them at just about the right time that they <laughs> needed solving. You're darn right. So uh, Andrea's next question is, being able to sell audiobooks direct offers authors a potential platform to use on their own, separate from the main distributors, like we were just talking about. Uh, for those like me, like her, uh, who haven't delved too much into audiobooks and don't plan to in the future, could BookFunnel as a distributor sort of re replace the need for a more traditional distributor and thereby eliminate a lot of the barriers to entry? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, the one thing, so if you are, you know, if you're like Andrea, Andrea's got quite a lot of books out there and she's actually got a pretty good following of fans. The hardest part about direct selling anything is how do you get the traffic there? Now I will say, the authors that I know that are just crushing it on BookFunnel through direct sales, that they're actually selling a ton. I mean, they're moving a lot of money direct, right? Um, they're almost all using Facebook ads. Uh, and what they're doing is they're selling things, they're selling box sets and, and things on their websites that they don't sell on any of the other stores. So they're not pulling their books from Amazon. They're not pulling their eBooks and, and audiobooks down from Audible or any of the other stores. But what they are doing is they're offering discounts of sets that they either don't sell anywhere else or uh, they're offering them at prices that you can't get anywhere except from them. And it's it's really especially noticeable when it comes to audiobooks, right? Um, 
and I think that's probably why the 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 book the along with us launching audiobooks, we started getting a lot more questions about direct selling, and that's not a coincidence. Um, the 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 cut that Audible takes of your audiobooks is much much higher than the same cut that Amazon will take of an ebook, um, and so you know most people. I mean, everybody would agree we'd all like a bigger cut. We'd all like more money. But for the most part, if you're in that range, that Am- that very narrow range that Amazon lets you sell in where you get the 70% royalty rate, um, most people are pretty happy with that. That's pretty okay to get a 70% royalty rate. But then you move over to Audible and it's like, well, if you're exclusive, if you're exclusive, you get 40%. Lucky you, author. And then if you're not exclusive, you get 25%. Uh, and then I know you guys have seen that they've, you know, people have actually crunched the numbers and found, oh, wait, no, we're on. It, it, it's actually a little, little bit less, about half of that, actually. So, you know, Audible tells you 25%, but really it's 13%. Um, and so I think that is why the, the say, the push, people come in asking us questions about how to set up their own store. How do they do their direct sales? Um, book funnels sales, uh, direct delivery of audiobooks works just like our ebooks in that we don't take a cut of the sales. We're not actually the seller of the item. You, the author, are the seller of the item and you can sell them on your website. You can sell them in a Shopify store. You can sell them, sell them through your Patreon. However, you decide to sell them is up to you. We're just there to step in and do the delivery piece of it. And so because of that, you're taking greater than 90% of the profit on every I, every item you sell, be it ebook or audiobook. Um, but for audiobooks, the what we see is authors are putting up audiobooks on their websites for on average between about $8.99 and $12.99. Uh, usually first book in series might be $2.99 or even $4.99, somewhere in that range, right? The beautiful thing about that is number one, audiobook listeners have never seen prices that cheap. So they see a book for $9, like $9? Buy. Um, the number two thing is even if you sell it for $12.99, I'm selling you this book cheaper than your credit costs you at Audible. So, hey, save that Audible credit. Why don't you spend that on one of those trad pub books that are really expensive? You can buy my book, my audiobook directly from me for 10 bucks. So I'll sell it to you cheaper than you can actually get it on Audible. And again, as long as readers get a really great playback experience like they've come to expect from Audible, they're not going to care where they're listening to it. As long as they can get to the books and they can listen to them, they're happy. Yeah, it seems like a really great idea too. the people that are bundling like the ebook and the audiobook or like three, you know, bundle the first three ebooks and the first three audiobooks. You oh, yeah. charge like forty nine ninety nine for that and it'd still be a great deal. It's still a deal, right? So for those who are thinking, man, I want to try selling direct from my website, um, what is like what are people doing to uh, like are they using WooCommerce or Shopify or something on their website? Do you know I, I guess you probably don't look at everybody's back end, but well, I don't know what you do there, Damon, but <laughs> how, how much do you appreciate back end? I am an observer of back <laughs> But um what do you from what you're hearing from folks, like what are some of the best ways to go about and keep it fairly easy if possible? Um, I would say if you're going to, um, so we integrate with WooCommerce, which is a, um, a WordPress plugin. So if you're really a DIY indie and you really want to own the experience that the reader sees, WooCommerce is the way to go because you can customize that. I mean, they've got WooCommerce is a plugin to WordPress and then WooCommerce has a whole, you know, a whole 
factory of plugins that you plug into WooCommerce to add other features like subscriptions and pre-orders and whatever else, right? All kinds of wacky stuff. So if you're that really DIY indie who really wants to just build everything on, on DamonJCourtney.com and you want readers to stay in your website and your ecosystem, then WooCommerce is the way to go. If you are... If you're really just looking for, there's there's two types of sales that we see, or two types of direct selling that we see going on with BookFunnel. There are the authors that come in and, and basically upload everything they've got and set up a huge bookstore for their stuff, right? So they, they're planning on selling their eBooks, their audiobooks, and doing all of it direct. And they're not necessarily pulling their books down from all the other bookstores. They're just offering it up and saying, hey, if you want to buy from me, I have these discounts. Or I have these really compelling reasons, you know, you get a free short story whenever you buy a book, whatever, right? Um, so there's that, that first crowd, which is everybody who wants to sell, set up an entire bookstore. Then there's the other side where the authors don't ever actually set up this huge bookstore. Instead, all they really do is discount sales. And they do that to their fan base and to their existing newsletters. And they say, hey, you know, I don't normally box these books up as a box set. I don't sell this on any of the stores. But hey, just this weekend only, you guys, I'm going to sell this eight book audiobook box set right direct from me you can buy it but i don't i don't do this anywhere else you got to buy it from me and they send those out so i would say if you're gonna if you're in the first camp and you're really looking at setting up your store uh shopify is probably the easiest and the, the most reliable way to go um they are i mean they're the, the second largest retailer after amazon in the world right so um and they got that way for a reason they have really really powerful tools so you can do coupon codes and you can do shopping cart abandonment and all kinds of crazy features that you would expect from a big massive outfit like that. And it's it's still relatively cheap. I think it's 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month to get started on their lowest plan. Um, and if you're gonna build out a whole bookstore, you wanna be really professional with it. You want it to look really good and be really sharp. Um, if you're just sort of doing those little one-off discount sales, you just occasionally throw up a, a, an item that you wanna sell as a discount. Um, we integrate with a service called PayHip, which is out of the UK. And they're a smaller outfit, but their stuff is really easy to get going with. Um, it's free. Um, they take a 5% cut of the sale um, on top of the transaction fee. So it's really affordable, but you can put up an item on pay hip and get started within just five or 10 minutes. And if, and they just give you a link and you take that link and you email out your super fans and say, Hey, everybody, here's that discount. I promise. Um, if, if all you're looking to do is sell the occasional one-off box set, or, or maybe you want to pre-sell your book before it goes live on Amazon and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm selling my new audiobook. <laughs> I've, I've actually seen this happening quite a lot. I've put my book up on Audible. God only knows when it'll be available for purchase. So if you'd like to purchase it now, I will sell it to you for 10 bucks. And authors are actually seeing a lot of uptake from that because they're, you, when you have super fans, they don't want to wait. If they know that you have, look, people jumped to Nora's, Nora Roberts' uh, personal forums on her website uh, last month to basically complain that she's not publishing fast enough, right? That's, I mean, that was a really crappy thing. Don't do that, readers, if you're listening. Don't do that. But I will say that that's how much readers want new stuff from you. So if they know that you have an audiobook ready to go and they're going to have to wait six weeks, who knows how long Audible is going to take to put it up there. But hey, listen, you can buy it from me right now. I will tell you here at BookFunnel, we are very impatient people. Uh, everything we do is as instantaneous as it can possibly be. If you upload your audiobook to BookFunnel right now, it will be ready to go, ready to sell within an hour. Um, and that's really just us taking all the files, crunching down and grinding out the different uh, quality formats, grinding out the MP3s, setting up the metadata and all the sort of wacky stuff we have to do on the back end. But really, 
in less than an hour from the time that you upload and the time you hit the button, your audiobook is ready to sell. It's ready to go. So I see more and more authors that are doing that. They're not abandoning Audible, though I will say some authors are. Like they, they feel like Audible really has done them a big disservice. Um, and so some of them are, but most of them are. Their, their books are up on Audible too. But yeah, I've seen that email um, because readers reply and ask us for help. And then I get to see the email that the authors are sending out. And it really is, hey guys, I'm so excited. The book has been sent to Audible. It says it's publishing sometime in the next six weeks. So if you want to buy it now, I have it right here for 10 bucks. Uh, and, and we see a lot of readers clicking that link and going through and buying that audiobook. Hey, get something good out of the uh, long wait lines over there. Right. And it's true. Like once you start to get audiobook fans, you find out they're really not, a lot of them are not into ebooks. And so they're going to wait for the audiobook and they get really impatient if there's a three months delay between the ebook and the audiobook. So I can see where people would jump on that to get it earlier. And you can do that. You can, you can publish the ebook and you can put up, put the audiobook up everywhere. But when you send out that announcement email to say, Hey, the ebook is now available, readers absolutely, if, if, if they're an audio first, listener, right? doesn't mean that they won't read an ebook, but they prefer audio. And most of them, yes. Now, they, they, once they become an audiobook listener, that really is their preferred format. And they will wait for that audiobook to come out. But they do feel like second-class citizens because the ebook people, all the ebook people already got their story. And here I am, and I'm still waiting two months later, where is my audiobook? And authors are savvy. Indie authors are savvy. More, of, more and more of them, they had the audiobook ready on release day. They had it ready to go at the same time as the ebook, but and Audible and even a lot of the other audio distributors, they just don't move that fast. So while you know you put your book up on KDP, it's generally ready within 24 hours or less, sometimes maybe as much as 48 hours. Um, but trying to time it so that you can get that audiobook release out there at the same time is just impossible. It's really hard to do unless unless you're on that special list over at Audible where they like approve your books in three days and they're ready for sale, which believe me, not a lot of people are on that list. Um, but authors we've seen already using BookFunnel to deliver the audiobook so that the, for them and their readers, the audiobook is released the exact same day that the ebook goes out. All right. Excellent. And um, I'm curious, this is what I was thinking of doing. If I ever get around to uh, doing the direct sales, I always have to <laughs> weigh the time commitment and how much it would actually be worth it. But do you see anybody doing something like you mentioned, like here's a bundle of your whole series, like maybe some backlist series that only sells okay, you know, mm -hmm. put like all eight books in the series together. Do you see anybody doing like just having like one thing a month or one sale a quarter or something like you could go to their site and that's the only thing you can buy. That's their thing that's available for a limited time. Uh, do you, uh, have you seen anything like that? What's really funny is, so the, the authors that I, I know of, uh, probably a dozen authors right now that are doing, I mean, just killing direct sales, uh, because they're, they're using Facebook ads to drive traffic. They have a big newsletter that they'd already built up over the years. Um, and a lot of them had, had sort of abandoned Amazon as a, as a platform uh, for different reasons, right? Uh, you know, either because they just didn't want to, they didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so they sort of, you know, pitched it to their readers and just said, Hey, I'm moving my stuff. I'm going to, you know, they, they basically reached a point where they had a big enough audience that they didn't actually need Amazon's algorithms anymore to, to keep making money. They could do that with their, the audience that they already had. Um, the thing that the funny thing was, um, 
I tried, we had authors contact us and say, hey, we're thinking about direct selling. Can you give us an example of some authors that are doing direct sales? Can we go look at their websites to kind of see what they're doing? And I took these big name authors that I knew of that were doing direct sales and I couldn't find their box sets because they don't actually list them on their website. They only, you can only get that super special deal by signing up for their newsletter. So you sign up for the newsletter. Now on their website, the first book of their series is free and they're delivering that through BookFunnel. They're doing like that, but like everybody is, right? Everybody's giving away the first book of the series to go join up for your mailing list or whatever, right? Or once you have a large enough backlist that you can do something like that. So they're already doing that, but you couldn't actually get to the link because we would get readers and like, well, I, I read the first book and now I want to buy that eight book set uh, that I saw the super sweet discount on. Do you have a link for that? And we didn't have one. We had to reach out to the authors and say, hey, we're getting emails from readers who really want to buy this discount box set. Can you give us the link so that we can give them the link? Because we went looking all over their website and it, they couldn't, you couldn't find it anywhere. So they were actually doing a little bit different from what you're talking about. They weren't advertising that super sweet box set deal. They were reserving that only for the people that were on their newsletter. But it's it's the same basic idea, right? And and I have seen it done more with, um, we have a number of, of big thriller authors that have those six and eight book box sets that are their older backlist. You know, maybe it was that first series that they wrote and now they're like five series deep somewhere else in, you know, five other series that they've gotten since then. But a lot of those readers that are getting on their newsletter today that just signed up to get that free book, they never read that old series. They, they just signed up because they're reading your brand new series that you're publishing every, you know, every month or so, but they didn't know you had that super sweet series that was written five, six years ago. So they're boxing that, that old backlist up. And I'm like, look, what's the worst that can happen? I already have the book up wide. It's already available on all the platforms. I'll box it up as a box set and I'll sell it from my own website for 15 bucks. Why not? 15 bucks for eight books. You've already made your money. At that point, you're talking about a series that's five or six old. You've already, five or six years old, you've already made, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you're doing it right and, and I assume you're a career author at this, but a six-figure author, uh, that, 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 that old series already made you its money. Anything it makes from here out is gravy. So they turn around and would offer that up to their newsletter and say, Hey, if you guys are reading my new series, you probably haven't read my old stuff. Well, here it is. The whole eight book series, completed series, one through eight, the whole thing for 15 bucks. And they sell a ton of books that way. So now you're making me want to do that. And also the accompanying audio books and yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, are, are they using the pay hip link then just in their newsletter to, uh, so they don't have to put the store on their website? Yes. So, I mean, it's, I think one of them uses WooCommerce, you know, it just, it, each one uses their own platform. You can actually use just a, a simple PayPal button. So BookFunnel integrates directly with PayPal as well. You don't even have to create a page. You can just go to PayPal and say, here's an item. I'm going to charge 20 bucks for it. Here's the description. It's called the such and such box set. And then they just give you a little link and they're like, here, give this link to people. And then they can go pay you 20 bucks for that thing. Um, and then BookFunnel will handle the delivery on that. Um, what's really cool is you can actually box all that stuff up. I, you know, as, as I was telling Joe earlier, you can actually box all that stuff up through BookFunnel without actually having to create a box set. You can go and, and uh, in BookFunnel, you can say, hey, anytime somebody buys the such and such box set 
deliver these eight ebooks to that reader's library. So rather than one giant book with a big, you know, try, you know, what is it, the little, the 3D cover that shows all the stuff, you can still make the cover, but you don't actually have to go and, and open up, you know, open up Vellum and go, ah, crap, how am I going to put, stick all these eight books together and I got to do all this stuff? You don't have to. You can just create the item on your store, create the PayPal link, send it out. And when they buy them, BookFunnel delivers all eight books right into their library as individual items. So you're not selling a box set, you're selling a series bundle or something like that. And then you don't have to go to the extra work of actually having to bundle all that up. So if you, if over time you've actually just uploaded that whole eight book series to BookFunnel, you're already ready. You just go create a, a delivery action and say, and book one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Great. Here you go. If you buy that, you get the whole thing. Awesome. And going to have that with the audiobooks too, because I could definitely see not wanting to, here's your 196 yeah. hour audiobook. Please enjoy. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Everything you can do with ebooks, you can do with audiobooks. Like Joe was saying, you could actually go and create one that gives everybody the eight book audio and ebook series all in one shot. And you just sell, hey, 50 bucks, you can buy this whole set. Enjoy it in ebook, audiobook, any way you want. You get the whole thing. And you don't have to bundle up, uh, you don't have to create new objects in order to sell that stuff. You can just tell BookFunnel to deliver these 16 things. And as soon as somebody purchases it, boom, it all just shows up in their library. Very cool. And that probably even seems like a better deal to them. It's like, oh, you're getting eight books, not just one big book. Right. Well, and I, I will tell you as a reader, I, I actually hate box sets. Um, I, I will I will go out of my way. I will pay more money to buy four books individually than I will to buy a four book box set because anytime I'm reading, I'm really pedantic about wanting to know what percentage I have left of the book to read. And I found that when I, I bought um, I bought a four book box set of a series that was actually eight books. And so it was, they had boxed them up into two separate boxes. And I started reading the first one and I kept glancing down trying to see how much like... I don't know if it's anticipation. I want to know because as an author, I know it's like, well, we're getting to about the 75% mark. So the climax is we're going to be getting the, getting the big action is going to be ramping up pretty soon here. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, in a fantasy series. Well, geez, four books, that could be a billion words. Who knows? And I look, I, every time I'd look down at the percentage, I have no idea how far into book one I am. So I actually had paid for a four book box set and I went back and bought the four books individually because I couldn't stand to read it that way. So I would rather have them each individually one at a time and, and read them and enjoy them because then I feel like I can take a break. Like, oh, I finished that book. I'm, I'm going to come back to that series maybe a little bit later or it was so exciting, I'm going to jump right into the next book. But then all I do is open up my book funnel app, tap the next book and I start reading again. All right. Well, you every time I talk with you, I'm like, I got to get this direct sales going. And then a year <laughs> passes and I still haven't done it. But maybe I like that simple idea of just doing the newsletter link and kind of a starter way to make it easy, not like committing to setting up a whole store on your site right away. Well, you've already got a fan base. You you already have a list. You have people that are excited and waiting for your books. And probably, like I said, a lot of those people that have joined in the last couple of years, they never read The Emperor's Blade. They didn't go back and read that early series, but you have it out there. And and like I said, it's it's out there. You, I'm sure that a lot of your older books are already wide. So at that point, it's like, hey, guys, I boxed this up. If you haven't read this series yet, it was my first series. I still It still has a, a, a place in my heart. I, here it is, the whole six book series for 10 months. And I guarantee you that people will just start snapping it up. All right, definitely. Well, I will look for me on BookFunnel. Let's see if I can get this rolling. Um, <laughs> there was one more question from Andrea. 
that we'll finish up with. Um, how should an author go about marketing audiobooks they sell direct? You already mentioned Facebook, but um, do you have any tips for things like that or things to stay away from? Um, so authors are just now sort of getting into the, uh, so, so we just launched audiobooks in November, but before that we actually did launch, um, short form audio where authors could do up to two hours of audio and book funnel and deliver it. And, and we've been doing that for a couple of years. So the authors that I see that are, that are starting to sell direct in audio and are doing really well with it. They started out building a separate newsletter from their existing one or, or using, maybe using the same software but creating a separate group of readers that are, these are audiobook people. And, you know, these people over here, those are my ebook lovers, but these people over here are my audiobook lovers because they, when offered the opportunity to join my list and get audio instead of the novella as an ebook, they chose the audio. That tells me that they're audio first, that they want that audiobook uh, format. And so you start, they started to build the, the authors that I see that are probably selling well direct now. They had already started building up that list. They knew who their audio listeners were and just that they've been working at it for the last couple of years of building up that list of super fans of people that really love their stuff. So if you're Lindsay Broker and you've got a list of people who are already, you know, they love your stuff and they want to buy it, then that's going to be a lot easier. Facebook ads is really the best way that I know of to drive just cold traffic because there's just so many people on Facebook. Um, BookBub, ad, BookBub ads can work. I, I don't know of anybody that's using BookBub ads. I know that you can use BookBub ads for audio. Um, so it's it's out there, but I don't know that anybody has really experimented with it enough to come back to the indie community and give us all a progress report on how it works and how we should do it. You know, David Gogren put out a whole book about BookBub ads that is really, really good. And if you're looking to start BookBub ads, then go pick up his book. But I don't think they were doing audio at that time. They hadn't launched Chirp. They, they didn't have separate lists. BookBub now has separate lists of audio listeners. Um, so I, I don't know much about that. It, it really comes down to build the build the list that you were already working on through your eBooks. But maybe if you're going to start really taking audio seriously, um, give them a choice, start separating those readers out so that you can figure out which ones are your audiobook listeners. And then when you put together that super awesome box set that you want to sell and you want to get, if you just want to dip your toe and say, you know what, I have this box set or I have this series of audio. Let me take the first three books and I'll box them up or not box them up. I'll bundle them up through book funnel. And I'm going to just put that link out there. I, I create a button on PayPal and let's just see. Let's see if people will buy it. The worst thing that happens is nobody buys it. But that's not likely to happen. If you have readers that love your stuff and they readers love discounts. So if you're going to throw out a box set and you're going to give them a sweet discount, I mean, 15 bucks even for, for a three-book series, 20 bucks for a three-book series. If they went and got all three of those books on Audible with one credit piece, they're looking at $45. 45 bucks to go get all three of those books. So already you're giving them a huge discount, except that you make way more money. If you sold uh, it, that $45, I mean, if you're non-exclusive and you get 13%, I don't have the math in my head. It's not a lot of money. You get like, you know, what is that? 10% would be 450. So you're talking about five bucks and change on a 45, on $45 worth of audio books. You can sell those three books for 10 bucks and you'll get $9 and 40 cents on the box on that set of books for every sale that you make through a platform like PayHip or PayPal. That's just ridiculous. Like you, you can make all of your readers happy and make twice as much money and make readers even happier and, and have them loyally come and get 
buy directly from you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually impressed at how many people it sounds like are making it work with Facebook ads. Cause I would have thought really the only way to sell direct is to kind of get them to be fans first and on your list and then sell it to them. <laughs> I think it's the, the ads that I see, cause they, they show up in my feed. It's funny. The authors, I see their ads in my feed. Cause of course I'm in self-publishing groups. I'm in, I follow a lot of fantasy. I'm a reader. Um, I see their ads and I know that they're selling and delivering that through book funnel. Cause I do their delivery. I see their books. Um, I think the biggest sell there is, is the discount. They have hundreds and thousands of people that are buying every day because they're offering up a six book series for $4.99, five bucks for the whole six books because they have a huge deep backlist. If I just get you into my writing, I'll sell you this six book series and it's a completed series. So I know you're going to love it because you're, if you enjoy this kind of books, you're going to read through all six books. You're going to love them. And you're going to say, what else does this guy have that I can read? And now I'm going to get you come back and I'm going to get you to buy from me for full price because now you've already gone through the experience of buying through my store. You're on my email list and you're hearing about my discounts and my sales and all kinds of stuff. So I would have had the same thought. I would have been surprised that, that you could actually use Facebook ads to drive people to buy direct from your website. But the truth is, if the discount is, is deep enough, uh, yeah, people on Facebook are, are always looking for a good discount. I don't know if you see that marketplaces, but people are sell, trying to sell me cheap plastic lawn chairs every day of the week. So if for sure, if the discount is deep enough, people click on it and they go through because they're just the deal is so good. Six books for five bucks. Yeah, that's a sweet deal. I'm going to buy that. All right. Well, excellent advice. Thank you for sharing all that tonight. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say that you haven't said or direct people to check anything out? Book Funnel. Go to Book Funnel, guys. Yeah, bookfunnel.com if you want to check it out. If you're if you're already on BookFunnel or you're thinking about signing up because you're interested in audiobooks, send an email to us and we can add audiobooks to your account. We're still in open beta until probably May. Um, we had planned to start at the beginning of the year, but then we just kept building cool stuff. And that's pretty much that's pretty much how BookFunnel always goes. Like, well, we could have stopped and done that, but we just kept building cool stuff. So uh, now we have the cloud player and the MP3 downloads out there. And, and eventually we hope to launch out of beta, but that's probably going to be toward the end of May. So if you want to get in now, just email and ask us and we'll turn it on for you. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Damon. Thank you everyone for listening. And thank you to Joshua Pearson for producing the show. Andrew, I hope you had a good time in Hawaii while we were asking your questions. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Have a good week. Thank you guys for having me back. So long, everybody. <laughs>